Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports and you get Game of Thrones, and it is finale time, and we got the full roundtable of people here. Uh, Mike Leapock is here. How's it going, Mike? It's going well, thank you. All right, good to have you back. Kevin Miller is also here. How's it going? What up? Pretty good. All right, Rob Callflash. How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm good. All right, all right. And last but certainly not least, Kyle Brown. How's it going, Kyle? Ducks fly together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so the finale aired last night, or a couple nights ago, from whenever we're recording this. The Dragon and the Wolf, it was titled. Um, man, this is going to be the last time we're talking Game of Thrones for a while, I think. Cause, uh, Apparently a long while. Yeah, my guess is we're not going to see... Because like, early returns are people were saying, like, fall of next year. So, like, a 14 months. And I think that's on the on the low end of when we might get to see this. My guess is we're probably not going to see Game of Thrones until 2019. But wouldn't it be appropriate? I mean, it'd be kind of tough because it would be weird to see Game of Thrones go head-to-head with Sunday Night Football. But wouldn't it make a lot of sense Mm. for for the last season of Game of Thrones to take place in the dead of winter? Like, we'll be up here in Canada, you know, there'll be snow outside and it'll be cold and then you... Sunday night it'll be warm and to- you know it'll be warm and toasty on the inside and you, you turn on Game of Thrones with all the 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 cold allegories and and analogies that they have. Ooh, what was that? Somebody dying? Yeah, that's at my place. I don't know why that's going off. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Mute it. <laughs> my, my building might be on fire. <laughs> all right, probably go see to that. Yeah. <laughs> All Let's right. see how I can mute this. <laughs> well, while Rob figures that, that out, how. we're just going to power through on the podcast um. here. <laughs> but yeah, what do, you, what do you think, Mike? De- Dead of Winter, Game of Thrones, what do you think? I'm not going to edit oh, that yeah. out, by the way. It was just great. <laughs> I'm still You're trying welcome. to find how to mute it. Because I've been... I've raided before playing Hit World of Warcraft. Well, the thing was, I don't know where it is. It's at the bottom, <laughs> next to the hang-up thing and this thing. Just... Uh... So the the dragon is currently attacking Rob's apartment. No one be alarmed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah. That that'd be a lot of. Fun. I mean, you know, the whole season should basically take place in the winter, so it'd be a nice little plus. But you know, whatever. I just want it. I don't want it to be too late because you know, I don't like waiting that long. Mm-hmm. I also don't want it to be too soon. Just as long as they do it properly. I don't really care when it comes out, as long as it's you know they don't rush it. Yeah, I mean, season seven. And I want to preface this by saying, when I say an episode is is bad or that I didn't like something, I, I'm saying, comparing that to Game of Thrones, high, 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 just extremely high, like like Snoop Dogg on April 20th, high, <laughs> it's, how, how it's like, the bar it's is. It's not like we're comparing it to an episode of Iron Fist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's when we it's... say it's bad, we're saying it's bad for Game of Thrones. Yeah, for which their... is, yeah. which I mean is still like a B plus, depending on mm-hmm. the episode. Yeah, so and extremely watchable. So, I mean, in in a season with a, a a little bit of of nonsense and a little bit of of 
stuff happened that was awesome, but the way we got to that awesome thing was incredibly preposterous. But <laughs> but we got there, goddammit, it! So that's all that matters, right? Is is, is I, I, like I would say that season seven, like very very roller coastery, up and down in terms of in 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 terms of their plot and tactics and and just general shit that went on in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that I couldn't be on last week's podcast, Matt, because I would have loved to hear you react to that one. <laughs> um, well, if only there was a way of listening to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll play. We'll play Lee Puck. I mean, <laughs> good point. All right. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll tell. I'll tell you the 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 episode six stuff. I was honestly more upset with the the Arya Sansa stuff than I was with the like because I mean it's easy to to point at. Oh, Gendry Baratheon, who they met for five minutes and apparently knew the fastest guy was the fastest guy, ran back. And Gendry also had never seen snow before in his life, was apparently the fastest guy running through snow and, you know, ran however long it would to send a raven in the flight. Like, like the time stuff, that's easy. That's easy to, to point at and go, well, what the hell was that all about? And, I, I mean... I don't know. Like the, the the Arya Sansa stuff, I thought was more egregious last week. What was your take? Quick take on on episode six, Miller. Um. Well, I agree with you. It's the uh, the time stuff was very much like, no, what is happening here? What? How long is this supposed to be over? Like, are we to believe that they're waiting on this like frozen lake for days, or or what are we to believe here? But uh, it was the Arya Sansa stuff that annoyed me the most. I think I literally said out loud, "This better be some plot to uh, overthrow Littlefinger." So that was a fun little reveal. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah I don't know it was a strange one a lot happened and a lot happened very fast and uh, apparently now everyone has that teleportation magic Mm -hmm. I imagine dragons must fly extremely quickly that's the all I can take away because from what you're talking about like Gendry running from beyond the wall back to the wall in what is probably what an hour Mm -hmm. what is the average flying velocity of a sparrow (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) they're carrying a Daenerys together they're grisping its husk (laughs) but uh but if uh like we're to believe that like Daenerys got from Dragonstone to beyond the wall to back to Dragonstone in the course of like the last 20 minutes of an episode like that was extreme, but uh, it didn't bother me as much as the uh, stuff, which ended up paying off for me anyway. So, so here here's my quick take on episode seven, and it, like this is kind of my Cole's notes or or what do they call them? Cliff notes in in the U.S. My Cole's notes or Cliff notes, if you will, of of my take on on episode seven and what I think for episode seven is. The first half hour of an hour and 20 minute long, the longest episode of Game of Thrones we've had to date, the first half hour was off-putting to me. Like, the whole the whole meeting with everybody that we've ever loved on this show in the same room. Oh, you didn't like Game of Thrones High School Reunion? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it, because that's not what this show's about right this show's not about bringing everybody and getting them into the same room it's no it's everybody's got to be in a certain place yeah but unfortunately that's what the venture it was the venture brothers uh getting together to deal with zeus 
Yeah, it was a little bit of that Rob chiming in there with the... Uh... <laughs> that is a really excellent way of interrupting people, by the way. Yeah. Instead of me, Rob is speaking. And I don't know, like, but like after that, I thought we had some really good shit. Like, I would, I would dare say, even though I believe, like, the word I used was preposterous in there earlier like the way Tyrion and Cersei were in the same room was like the, the reason that they were in the same room was fucking abhorred but god damn that was a great scene right like just the two of them going back and forth like like it was it was absolutely dumb but by god like that that was that was probably the best Pound for pound acting we've had in the scene the, the this entire season. What's your take, me, Puck? Uh, I I agree. I think you know this whole the setup for all of these things. That, that's just, that, that it's so hard to get angry or not like the show. Oh yeah, because the setup for these things is you know ridiculous. But then when the stuff actually happens, like oh well, god damn, okay, I guess I can forgive that. Mm-hmm. Like this scene, it was. The look that she gives him when she's seriously considering having him killed is was chilling. Like, really phenomenal performance from both of them. Um, and, like, just the little shot about, you know, where he pours the wine and she doesn't drink it. And as soon as she did that, I was like, oh, he's going to figure out that she's pregnant. And, you know, uh, just the whole thing I, was put together, I think, really well. Yeah, my favorite bit was, was you know, when he goes, do it, and then she kind of bites her tongue, and then Dinklage goes over to pour wine, and he sells it with, like, the... And, yeah. of his hand and shaking like, as he tries to pour it like like that was that was great that's the first time that we saw Dinklage drinking in this season yeah since so really since he kind of bent a knee to Danny right because she she told him you know I gotta have my hand be sober and but even that he was just like Oh my god! <laughs> like, it was just at some point you do just need to calm the nerves a little. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, it, it was I don't know. I had mixed feelings about the whole meeting in the friggin' King's King's Landing Sports Arena or whatever the fuck that. What do they call the Dragon Pit or whatever? And it was my it's... problem was with mm. that scene is that it played out exactly how we all thought it was going to play out. Mm. And you're waiting for that twit. Like, they come in, Cersei makes the power play of leaving, and then they go, okay, well, we've got to convince her. And they come back, and then she she comes back and says, fine, I'm going to do it because I'm awesome. And they all just kind of take it at face value. And they're like, all right, cool, she's going to be awesome. And you're like, well, well what? No. You're, what? what? <laughs> you're, like, how do you believe this? Like, how would anyone believe this at all, ever? I don't. I, I don't understand. Well, that, that was the real problem with the plan in the first place, and that's what I exactly. was saying like, from and the very I, beginning. Is like, what's your your best case? Like your best case scenario is that she says yes, and then she fucking betrays you. Like, and I honestly thought it was gonna be a little bit later, but she decided to pull the trigger and betray them immediately. Like, not yeah. even wait and like till the end of the episode to just be like, yeah, no, that it was is, yeah, that was all. A lie. And the the whole lead up to that is. Daenerys was saying, oh, well, what's your plan when she obviously is going to screw us? And uh, Tyrion's like, oh. 
And then, like, and that, and that's the end of it. Like, he's just yeah. like, huh? I don't know. And then they're getting screwed, and who knows what their plan is? Like, and who knows? They're... Who knows what they talked about off screen? Who knows if yeah. Tyrion's changed allegiances now or not? Because she has a baby, and he loves his family, like he said, over and over. Ooh, so, right, K- so. KB's thinking Tyrion the mole in in yeah, season I, I season think, eight. Interesting. I think I think that's that's a possibility. Especially if, because she can promise him uh, King's Rock, Casterly Rock, King's or whatever. Rock, Casterly Rock, yeah. yeah. So why not? Hmm. Very interesting. Very. It might interesting. not even be. I I I don't think that he would do it, say, for a castle or lordship or whatever, anything like that. If anything, he would do it for you know family values, like, mm. as in, okay, well she's pregnant, therefore I want to keep the Lannister family alive by keeping her alive. So now she can't die. That would be, I don't know, like the Tyrion mole thing is as, as fun in game of Thronesy a twist as that would be to have Tyrion just be a bad guy after being like the fans favorite character for seven years, nine years after well, <laughs> like we get to see season eight, but like he that, has that... technically been a bad guy while being a favorite character so it's true doable. by virtue of being a lannister yeah but like um, well and fighting for joffrey and all that yep, junk i true. mean yeah but he also when, when you say it's it's when you say bad guy mm-hmm. in this universe it yeah. really depends on what side you're on because if yeah. you're on the side of the night king which is great yeah I'm sure there's someone that is yeah which is the whole point of the show right is that like like the guys who are technically there is no good, good and yeah. there is no bad yeah it's all just everybody's pretty gray in in the thing right like it like jamie's whole character which i mean i've never i've always considered i'll be honest i've always considered jamie a bad guy but it is interesting that they went on the journey where you like you go you go on the journey with him where you're kind of like hey this guy's cool i mean he was the mvp of season three but according to the crossover podcast where he he became an actual character then right but and 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 he's that's the strength of the show is its ability Mm -hmm. to develop the characters that you're not supposed to like Mm -hmm. and make you like the character and what they're going through but still hate them because they're a piece of shit Mm -hmm. and jamie is the perfect example of that and what he did at the end of the episode was very interesting. Yeah, when I I haven't been this upset about a breakup probably since Brenda and Dylan in nine hundred two one zero. Like this is this is <laughs> yeah, like like this is a this is this is a bad one. <laughs> like it's, yeah, well, they did the uh, the parallel too because it's like wow, Cersei's having a rough day. How many brothers is she gonna threaten to kill this episode? Yeah, it turns <laughs> out all of them. <laughs> all the brothers she has, it turns out. Yeah. Um, as far as that scheming goes, and you know Cersei doing the thing that we immediately expected her to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I didn't like about that is it took away from Euron Greyjoy scene earlier. Where he's yeah. Like, hey, be swim bye yeah that was that was like there were good moments in that I first that was genuine yeah I, really did. I did too i did not like that that i thought um was i think the second worst part of this episode to me we'll get into the first one because the first one i thought was ridiculously egregious and i hope they but they but they can pull it back but yeah you're on doing like basically being like that's it i'm out of here and then leaving <laughs> i thought that was a great move because it takes him off the board because you don't need you i don't feel like you need you're on gray anymore and, well, and he so, made himself a, just look like a such a 
fantastically massive gaping dickhole at the mm-hmm. beginning of the meeting yeah. by interrupting Tyrion and going off on a personal vendetta. Yeah. And everyone is like, like Tyrion's like glance at Jamie. He's like, really? And Jamie's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just, this is just what he does. Don't yeah. Worry. He's like this guy, this who, like he looked at him like, who is this fucking guy? Right. Like he didn't even know who he was. It's just like, and yeah. And then he, he was just like, like Euron walked over and was like, "That's it, I'm out of here." And he's just like, "So he." Even Theon's ganging up on him too. He's yeah. like, "But he's like, hey, remember that dwarf joke you made?" And Theon's like, "It wasn't even any good." Yeah, basically, <laughs> we were in like a roast battle for two seconds it's there. Butts. Yeah, but like him actually not being off the board. Like I was actually devastated when that. When when Cersei had that line where they're like, oh, he's gonna go, and apparently he's bringing the guy. Where were they? The Golden Company or something? He's bringing them with him. Oh, and they've got elephants, and I'm like, elephants? Why? <laughs> like that was, yeah. I, I that I thought was the, the second worst thing of the episode because I thought that that like it was just so you're on Greyjoy for him to just be like, can they swim? No. <laughs> well, it's good luck, suckers. <laughs> like, like just piecing out. It was just like, well, we'll knowing you, and then on his way out, yeah. there's the hottest blonde girl nearby. And it's like, so after this is all done, want to fuck? All yeah, right, cool. See yeah, ya. I mean, <laughs> we never see him again. Yeah, uh, but a- apparently we're we're definitely gonna see him again for that that weird. If, if if that's how that ended, I would be this close to giving him like. VIP of the episode, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Pod. I mean, there were most sensible person. <laughs> there were good things. There's one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, so, first off, the the trio of Pod, Braun, and Terry, and the boys back in town. That was that was just just hearing that conversation. Just seeing those three guys together again was fun. So, and almost made the the first half hour worth it. So did the. Uh, the hound looking at uh, what's left of his brother and going like, you know what's coming, don't you, you fucker? Also, <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. Really, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's Clegane Bowl right there. Yeah. Like, that's, that's actually their, their pre-fight talk. Yeah, that's confirmation. Well, actually, the hound I actually head. didn't like that at all. Okay. Explain. Because throughout the entirety of the hound's career, mm-hmm. and from what I've read, He's been absolutely fucking terrified of his brother. He's not his brother anymore. There's, there's <laughs> no way. There's no way that I can see him going up to him and being like, "Yeah, fucking bring it." Like I don't. I felt that was really out of character for him. I mean, it's a cool moment, and I'm kind of disappointed he didn't say anything about his face. Mm-hmm. But I just it felt really out of because he's always like run away from his brother. He's with his tail between his legs because he's fucking scared of him because everyone is scared of him because he's the mountain. Mm -hmm. Well, he was scared of him as a kid, but I mean, like, even from first season, he was the one who was, like, you know, fighting him at the joust and all that. Like, No, he... Didn't he... Didn't he... Um... Surrender at the joust? He surrendered when when the king ordered him to. He was like, both of you stop this immediately, and the hound got down on his knee... And uh, then the mountain just swiped right over his head. Yeah, then, he was only he, like he's the hound saved like Loras Tyrell's life after the mountain was about to cut him in half. Yeah. After he cut his horse in half. Yeah. My my counterpoint to that too, uh, Leepock or not Leepock, uh, KB. My, my like my counterpoint to that argument about him being afraid of the hound is in this version of Game of Thrones. The Hound went north of the wall in that just weird, weird episode and stared down the army of the dead. You don't come back from staring down the army of the dead and dragging a, a 
zombie across this entire planet and then look at your brother and who is now barely alive and like hanging by a thread you don't look at him and go oh you know what i'm afraid of now you you look at him and you go yeah Fuck you, you also buddy. don't <laughs> right. do, you don't also don't do that and then choose your dick over the alliance though like john did true yeah that was yeah i mean i guess we could get into that that was a little strange for john and mike cost him a shot at mvp i don't know but um yeah him not allying or not getting the alliance that he's been building with all this time for being all of a sudden just let it, it just oh man that, yeah that, that mean, was dr- difficult to deal with i mean if you take dramatic irony into, into mm-hmm. consideration we know that it doesn't matter what he did cersei was gonna betray them anyway like we mm-hmm. know that because we can see all of what's going on, and, and they can't. should know that. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. should know that. But obviously, they're either casting it aside or thinking that she has any ounce of reason inside of her body, which she does not. Mm-hmm. Now, but, I, I will but, say, in I, well, I'll say in defense of John doing that in in a in a show that has um, you know given us many unbelievable things like dragons and zombie White Walkers and virgins that are great at oral sex. Um, like, is, is, is a guy who, like, is, is a guy who had a goal at one point and then veered from that goal ever so slightly because he's booty blinded? Is that, it, like, is, like, is, is that, is, is that tough to, is, is that tough to it buy? Is, you know? It is when you, it is when you know that's how his brother got killed. Mm-hmm. It is then you he know He doesn't that know that, though. Part of the, re- it's. He does know that, does he not? I thought everyone knew that. Well, maybe I, I guess yeah, because they everyone always said like you know John, you know Rob Stark was taken up with a foreign whore and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I guess. mean, I understand show wise why it happened, but mm-hmm. character wise, it didn't make sense to me, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I, yeah, that's but, a, that's a fair but, argument. I mean, they they explained it away with honor and whatever, and I I understand like okay. The North has a lot more honor than the South because honor is what keeps them alive. Because I actually if... did like it if you think of it as a gambit, mm-hmm. um, which is how I'm choosing to take it at this stage. Um, because, like we've discussed, you know you can't trust Cersei. Um, assuming that they knew that going in, making a display like that of like here's like the you know the theoretical antithesis of Cersei. Here's someone who you can trust and is reasonable and is loyal and et cetera, et cetera. Like, even if you know you're not going to get Cersei on your side, doing it in front of everyone else, like Euron, like Jamie, uh, you know, anyone else who's on that side, really, there's a chance you're going to sway somebody, and he swayed Jamie. Like, that worked. <laughs> True. That's an excellent point. Jamie's got one hand, though. <laughs> and I mean, you're not... You're not you're not no, gonna sway you're not gonna sway Euron because it, you're not gonna sway Euron because you saw in the meeting why everyone hates the Iron Islanders because oh, they're pieces yeah. I mean, of I'm, shit. I'm not seriously saying that. I, I'm I'm suggesting that he's showing off for her whole side the way that it could be, and knowing that everyone who's ruled by her is ruled by fear, um, and for them to basically have one Jamie with a show of honor and Jamie later on says like I can't like betray this oath that we made etc and that's the reason that he's leaving like that works I mean whether or not Jamie's effective combatants you know it certainly doesn't 
match up to all the Lannister troops that they were promised. But, uh, you know, that hurts Cersei personally. So Jaime could easily just be taking, like, a thousand troops with him. Yeah, also that. He's still the it commander, as far as a lot of people are aware. I mean, it didn't yeah. look like he was, but that's true, yeah. Yeah, it certainly looked like he was on a lone wolf. Uh, where do you think he's headed? Let's start with Leepok. Uh... God, and I'm talking, I'm talking specifically because it seems like he's obviously heading to the other side, right? <laughs> like he's like, I'm gonna go join the other team. Like, is he? Well, heading... The thing is, at this point, I don't think even he knows where he's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's just leaving. Like, you know, he's storming out in a huff, and he's, you know, really upset. But I think uh, at this point, it might not even really matter where he's going. He's just leaving to maybe to find out where to go. Like, he could easily be going. Hell, he could be going up to freaking. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of Lannister troops sitting at River Run, mm-hmm. making sure that the you know the, the ex frays aren't you know completely falling apart. He could go there. There's an army there he could take. Well, Jamie's the one that captured River Run too. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he could still hold a lot of sway there. That makes sense. Yeah, he mm-hmm. could pick up all those troops, and you know, there's there's a whole army right there. So and it's on the way. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> Rob Callflesh, since your 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 the technical difficulties are over, you mentioned <laughs> that you enjoyed the dragon pit scene at the beginning of the episode. Explain yourself. I I really enjoy. <laughs> now that we're doing you're some clearly wrong. Wrong. Good, idiot. <laughs> no, I just I just want to hear like from like let's get let's get all sides of it here. Go ahead. Um, I enjoy, well, other than the fact that it, my first reaction to it once everybody was together and. Cersei had to wait for Danny to show up. It, my immediate thought went to the Venture Brothers when they're in that room for the team up of figuring out how to deal with the Zeus problem. And it's like, I hate everyone in this room. <laughs> so, so there was that. So it was really amusing. But also it's true. Like most people in the, that room, there was hate towards everybody or good portions of the people. And I, I thought... Ignoring the whole going beyond the wall to go capture a zombie and all that stuff, uh, like you guys had mentioned, that their execution of doing something was a little silly or dumb, but then the payoff was like, well, I guess it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it, they presented a really good case, and I, I thought it was just really well done. Um, I agree with Kyle, though, with the Hound going to do his little talking with to the mountain. It did seem odd, but I'm ignoring it because the Clegane Bowl's coming. Yeah, that was really all it was, was just to give the audience assurance that this will happen. Yeah. Like, we've jerked you around on a lot of things in Game of Thrones, but you will get this, I think. Is, One other is thing, the, thing um, yeah. that I, I, I have to interject and, and mention is, can we just say that the place where they filmed that was fucking gorgeous yeah, oh, yeah yeah i don't know exactly where it was but I, it was I... it was it was a it was an ancient roman coliseum in spain oh nice yeah. nice nice all right yeah that yeah that was that was beautiful scenery i wanted to bring yeah, up dragons didn't actually destroy something there right because drogon's a dick <laughs> yeah well he destroyed whatever he landed it on just by virtue of him being gigantic but like so um i i i enjoyed that um, like I mentioned earlier that Pod, Tyrion, and Br- and Braun were together again. I enjoyed that Braun instantly peaced out and 
Yeah, it was not in the seamless Cersei. Yeah, yeah, that was it, right? It, it was it was a way for them to be like everybody was here, and also they weren't here. Right? Like, yeah. I got I got uh, I got a bit nervous there because I thought that was one of the signals where okay, shit's going down immediately because he's mm. he's like besties with Pod, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They've got uh, a real bond together, and he's. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying I, I thought the same thing. That was that was my immediate thing. Was like, uh-oh. yeah, oh, oh, yeah, because he he takes pot. He's like, hey, let's let the big boys talk. Yeah. By the way, don't turn around. Yeah, it's like here comes the double cross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I, I kind of thought the same thing too. But the more accurate thing is, uh, uh, yeah, the guy who plays Braun and Lena Headley can't hate each other yeah, because they, they used to date. Yeah, they hate each other in real life, so they really? weren't. Yeah. 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 They they will not be or like one of them. I think it's uh, Lena Headley like refuses to be in the same scene with him or yeah. something like that. So if you go back and you watch the way they edited that episode, it's clear that uh, him and her were never there on the same day or the same Braun, moment. Braun leaves yeah. and Cersei arrives late. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. So in this, like Cersei's technically there, but Braun and her are never on camera at the same thing, and then that's why they. I'm I'm well. I'm willing to bet. Uh, as a gambling man, I'm willing to bet the reason Braun was like, hey, Pod, let's get out of here and go drink, would be just to explain why he wasn't there while they were talking it out, right? Because yeah, exactly. it, it, it intentionally or unintentionally added a lot of tension to the scene, though, which was really nice. It did, yeah. because the idea of then, like, a double cross happening immediately is like, yeah. hey, it, it might just happen. Braun might have just said up front, yeah, yeah. these it, two also, uh, traitorous people are now in front of Cersei. I'm done with I'm done talking. Kill him. Mm-hmm. It also spurred the thought in my mind, actually. I'm like, if this came to blows, I think that Pod might be able to outfight Braun by now. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Brienne for a while, he might be close to a knighthood. Yeah, Braun's not above poking a dude in the eye, though. Don't get me wrong, but, but Pod also knows that. Yeah, but Braun will he'll fight dirty if he has to. <laughs> right? I just, Braun go after the magical cock? Possibly. A, a great unintentional comedy moment i thought was when the hound actually released the uh the the zombie and it started heading towards cersei and everybody else leaned back and was afraid but at the same time kyburn leaned forward and was like cool <laughs> 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 yeah like that just unintentional comedy wise <laughs> that that was kyburn at his best i thought everybody else leaned back and he leaned forward and was just like ooh, <laughs> like well yeah, this Kyber, is cool Kyber, you kicked out of the citadel again you yeah. creep yeah exactly yeah. God, i gotta get me one one of those. Yeah. Cut in half. Kyburn's now standing and starting to walk towards it. Yeah. His arm gets chopped off. He goes to pick it up. It's like I gotta touch it. Just... But this is what I mean. Like, there's motivation now for Kyburn to leave Cersei as well. Like, I think he'd be super interested in that. Yeah. Uh, Brienne and the Hound walk and talk was fun. Good to see. That was. I mean, the best part of the opening half hour was it was just a good see some good old fashioned Game of Thrones. Aaron Sorkin-y walking talks so so good well it was interesting to see like you know hey here's these people they're on these sides now that used to be on sides together you know back four seasons ago and so on like that and they're you know curious to see how the hell is the hound still alive etc mm-hmm. etc like it's it's interesting and That's their, their nice it. little talk about Arya was uh, was just nice. Where yeah, I, I'm gonna like, well, who's taking something. care of her? And she's like, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna steal something that I saw on Reddit, but the the Hound and 
Brienne were like the proud parents of Arya at that moment. <laughs> yeah, they kind of were. Good point. Very good point. Um, credit to whoever had posted this on, on Reddit. Reddit. Yeah, credit to anonymous the anonymous people of Reddit. Um, I guess that's a good segue for since we're begun the Arya talk. That's a good segue into the death of Peter Baelish. Gone, but not Woo! forgotten. Yeah, I mean, we all wanted it to happen. I'm gonna miss him because I mean, what a great character. Yeah. But yeah, like, did a great job. I just have to. I just have to ask, and I want to ask Mike Leapock this specifically because I know he loved Peter Baelish. Like we were the probably the only two guys repping for for Peter Baelish just because <laughs> he was just so sneaky and awesome. And what a goddamn great character! Did he deserve better? Just as a character, did Peter Baelish deserve better than this weird kind of manufactured plot line way of of getting there? Just based on the amount of work he's put in, that character's put in over seven seasons, did he deserve nope. just a just a touch better? No, nope. I no? think the way he went out was fucking perfect. Okay, he was. Uh, I think at the beginning of the season, he was backed into like a whole bunch of corners, mm-hmm. and he started doing these big haymakers trying to get his way out because that's just the way. The, that was his only way of getting out of it and to get back on track was to make big, strong big plays mm-hmm. where he was like trying to you know make the the stark sisters going against each other and that whole plot completely bit him in the ass and i think the way he went down at the end here with the the trial getting executed with his own knife by aria in the uh, same way catlin got murdered yeah in the yeah. same way cat got murdered was fucking perfect mm-hmm. on his oh, knees bawling like a little bitch <laughs> that was like i love that character but i mean that is that honestly that is the way he has to go down because he would he manipulates people uh he doesn't fight but he manipulates and he was using all of his tools and then his last tool was to beg mm-hmm. and that was that that was always the way it was going to go down for him but, but, i think i think you already answered my question with this um so you said he was bawling his eyes out and all that do you think it was real or was it just part of his act of trying to get the crocodile tears? Was it crocodile tears? I I think it, I think part of it was definitely real because he realized that this could be the end and he's worked so hard to get here to end now would just, cause we all know everyone, you know, everyone's trying to get to the iron throne. He's so close. He's gone from nothing to the Lordship in the veil He's been Lord of Hall. He's been on all sides. And for him to to see, to get turned down by the veil, to get singled out in the room, to like, it's, he's going to break down. But his reasoning, when he was actually, like, being all upset, like, I'm sure that he was actually obviously very upset, but his reasoning was all like, oh, well, I loved you, I loved you, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's trying to play to her her yeah. feelings, yeah, no, which he thinks is the best def- way to go. So the words yeah. are all insincere, but his being upset would be. Right. Yeah. It was. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed the fact when, when Sansa was, was talking seemingly to Arya and then just slightly turns her head, Lord Baelish, and the look of shock on his face. I just thought that was priceless. Yeah, there was some incredible... Like, he was tremendous in this scene, too. Like, Two- I'm, like just fantastic. Two things in this scene were awesome. The fact that I it looked like Arya was fine with murdering the entirety of the Vale, which I thought would have, which would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, she just cracks her neck a little bit, and she's like, all right, let's do this. She goes, lights on or off? 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then right uh, immediately after that, when Sansa, who I have honestly hated since the very first episode, won me over by going, Peter Baelish. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole scene, and it's it's probably like in a scene full of great moments. My favorite part might have just been uh, Lord Royce, who just hate like honestly might have hated Peter <laughs> Baelish the most in the entire goddamn room. Like just because yeah. he, he's like no one's put up with his bullshit more than me. Sure, he hasn't killed any of my parents, but like but like this fucking guy has has basically put me through the ringer. And then he's like, I'm acting Lord of the Veil. Vale. I need you to get me out of here. And he just basically went. Uh, nah, <laughs> it was like, that. That was great. I thought, like, I, I've always liked Royce. I thought he was thought he was a fun character. And when he said that, I was like, love this guy. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go crackpot theory on this scene. Actually, um, I like that Brand basically set this up for the entire season. Oh, welcome to the party, Brand. Way to bring it up, Miller. Good to have you back, buddy. Oh, thanks for the dagger. Chaos is a ladder. How do you give that dagger to Arya? Let's see what happens. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> welcome back to the party. We missed you, Brandon. I, I like. I don't like vag emo brand whatsoever. It's like get it together. Good to see him actually doing stuff. And and like. Boy, that's going to be a hell of a thing for that. Like, that's going to be a hell of a, a web for them to weave in season eight, which is going to be like, how do we keep Bran on the board? But also just have him not be there. Because, like, that was, a, like, one of the more egregious things in Season 7 was Bran just not being places when he needed to be and not saying things when he, like, I, I think I texted Lee Pock the joke earlier that, like, or basically Bran's thing for me boiled down to the great quote from Adam Sandler in yeah. in <laughs> Wedding <laughs> Singers where he was like, you know, stuff that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. <laughs> right? It was just like it's just like bro, like Bran, you could have said this weeks ago, man. There's no need for any of this subterfuge. Like it's just oh, it's like nothing. There's no need for any of this, right? There's no need for him to play the whole oh, I play a game and and you know, I imagine the worst thing and then for Sansa to flip it on him later. None of that has to happen. Like you could have yeah, said this weeks I mean, ago, right? It's like sometimes I like to play a little game where I go to my brother who knows everything and I yeah. ask him, what's the worst thing this dick ever did? Yeah. And then he and just then tells he me. out a top ten list. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like a mirror from Jake and Beer. He's like, well, let me get out this scroll. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just... yeah, I actually finished writing this scroll 35 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> he's just like, oh, man. Oh yeah, it's good to have Brand back. I hope I hope they don't uh... record my diss track. I also like that we got the little uh, Brand and Sam reunion. Yeah, yeah, that was as fun. little a reunion as Which, it is. I'm glad we got it. Thank yeah. Christ, Sam has finally turned off the shittiness. Wow. Yeah. She actually remembered something that was key to something. Yeah. <laughs> because holy crap, the entirety of this season. He's for, magi magically, mystically forgotten super important details and not told anyone, just yeah. like Bran. That's a good yeah. point. But I'll also say that when Sam left the Citadel, which is was you know egregiously off character for him, 
And then for him to quote his father, who he hates, as like one of the reasons for him leaving the Citadel, that was very off-brand and, and out of character for that. Yeah, that, but that... he's got to get to Brand to tell him something that he should already know. Yeah, right, you know, so but, And whatever. also, honestly, it's, it's, it's worth it just because he is literally the best character in the entire show to have conversations with Brand because of his responses. He's yeah. like, hey, Brand, how's it going? I am the Three-Eyed Raven. Oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was the third person to Goldblum. <laughs> he was the third funny, person to Goldblum. It's funny because I talk to my two-year-old the exact same way every single day. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, he was the third person to Goldblum on, on Brand, though. He's like, oh, hey, Brand, you're back. He's like, yes, nice to see you, Sam. I'm the three-eyed raven now. And he's just like, hey. I, I don't know what that means. Know what that means. <laughs> yeah, he's the third person to do that. Brand, get it together, buddy. Explain what this fight like. It takes you two minutes to explain all this. Yeah, for shit. someone who's so apparently seen everything that happens, he can't what remember the other yeah. times he's talked to people very well. Yeah. Can you can you imagine how monotonous it must be for him to have to explain it to everyone and be and tell them something that only they would know? Uh, like uh, just write up a fact and hand it to him. Yeah, <laughs> attach it yeah, to that scroll you, you of that, you stuff. Do that, you do that, did. and people are skeptical because, like, you know, whatever. So pretty much to ever, like, I'm sure he went to Royce and was like, "Hey, Royce, remember that time you took a shit in the woods and there was a bear or whatever, and you shot it with an arrow?" Oh my Holy god! Crap, I was al- how I was alone. How did you know about that? I'm the three-eyed raven. I see everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was that bear. <laughs> yeah, I was that bear. Um, well, well, since since we're talking about Bran and all that, yes, he may be able to see everything, but he clearly doesn't know everything at the moment because Sam had to inform him that the marriage was annulled and he, uh, mm-hmm. Rhaegar was remarried. Yeah, yeah, yep. because he can see everything, but he doesn't. He has to watch it. Mm-hmm. He has to take the time so, to go watch it. he has a shitload of a backlog of things to watch. <laughs> yeah, his Netflix account is yeah. unreal. Yes. He's basically remembered it. Yeah, he kind of rewind. Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go back and watch sixty-seven hours of Game of Thrones on on his own, right? Like it's it just cuts to him watching the DVDs, and he's like, "All right, now I know everything." Oh, all right, all right I remember now. Jamie threw me out of the roof. Right? Like, just sure to watch the extras. Um, finally saw Rhaegar Targaryen. That was pretty cool. Uh, in in the little was it uh, just the actor who played Viserys? It did. It, look, it, what it, looked like. it looked strikingly yeah, similar. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it was the same guy, but he did look really similar, yeah. which I thought was kind of. Nah. He, he looked well, very sh- male Targaryen. As yeah, as everyone's concerned now. Well, I was gonna Viserys say yeah. Always like this, like scrawny little putz, and then Rhaegar was supposed to be like this, like you know, classic. Strong knight kind of type, yeah, like barrel chested, right? Just like a slightly taller scrawny putz. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they did that on purpose, though, where they had him look look a bit like Viserys to be like, you know, the seed is strong, right? And uh... it was the Stark seed is strong, the, the Targaryen or, or the Baratheon seed, seed is strong. Yeah, I guess yeah, true. Well, it's uh, it's an incesty seed. We'll get into that one because well, yeah, Matt Pierce is upset. Then the seed is strong. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> well played, well played. But yeah, like I'm saying, we'll we'll get into that in a minute because, like I said, Matt Pierce is upset. And uh, what do we think of the name Aegon Targaryen? Uh... Slightly less funny than Dickon. Yeah, I mean, what's your take on that, Miller? As a book reader, I want to throw Aegon Targaryen to you. Aegon's the conqueror. He's the one who conquered the Seven Kingdoms with dragons for the sake of 
like he took it back mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's the conqueror that's a very often used name it was uh it was uh it's been the king's name many times <sighs> it's a classic targaryen name i was hoping for something a bit more unique yeah but also i think it's the name of a minor character in the books that they've done away with yeah, because don't isn't there a rumor that they already have one in the books for John? Like, isn't it Jaharis or something like that? Like Jaharis Targaryen was like, did I read that properly on the on the ye old interwebs? Uh, I think that was one of Aegon's brothers that helped him conquer. Like the dragon has three heads. That was mm-hmm. always the Targaryen thing. Like him okay. and his brother and his sister took all of Westeros with three dragons, and that's how they became the. The ruling family of Westeros. Okay. Well, he's back, you know back you know thousands of years ago, and that's when you know the last king in the north knells finally, and so on. Yeah. Well, basically, the the Aegon Targaryen thing for the books comes from the fact that there's essentially a rumor, kind of slash confirmed, that one of the Targaryen brothers, um, who was the baby that the mountain crushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and smash his head against the wall. Or like Elliot Elia Martell like thing? That was just some random baby. Okay. And that the actual Targaryen baby was smuggled out, and that's Aegon. And that yeah. he's actually still alive. Interesting. Like, that's uh, Oberyn's sister's baby, right? Like, the one... Yeah. yeah the, the one he... Raped her, killed her, killed her yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Raped her, killed her children. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna yeah, re-watch. the one that was supposedly Rhaegar's wife, while, you know... Well, was Rhaegar's wife, but mm-hmm. Rhaegar was also married to Lyanna now, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm working my way through season four, and uh, I'm I think I'm gonna deign to to rewatch the the Oberyn versus the Mountain. I think I'm gonna power through and do it. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna be easy, but I but I think I'm gonna power through and so, do it. So, sorry, I'm looking at the two people who play Rhaegar and mm-hmm. Viserys, mm-hmm. and it basically it's like one has brown hair, one has blonde hair. They yeah. look exactly the same. Yeah. Just two generic but white they dudes. Are, they are, they <laughs> like, are different people. Yeah, okay. Just two generic white dudes. Um, yeah. So what do you say we... Well, I was just going to say, put a final capper on the name thing before we translate into... trans. Uh, before we move into sex boat talk. Um <laughs> I'm never going to call him Aegon Targaryen. He'll always be Jon Snow to me. I'll call him Jon Sand before I call him John. Before I call him Aegon Targaryen. That's what I'll say. When, when he was like, his name should be Jon Sand. And I was just like, oh, God, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was like, and then they were like, Aegon Targaryen. Oh, it's even worse, I thought to myself. Yeah, it's like, like, that's like, actually, no, because they were, they were you know, married at the time. And then yeah. Bran's like... Rewind selector. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. Bring the beat back. <laughs> Ah, uh, so let's do it. Let's talk about uh, Daenerys getting a few inches of snow. Uh, <laughs> my mom, of all people, chimed in with a snog of ice and fire. Thought that was pretty clever. Uh, <laughs> well played, well played by my mother. That's the beauty of Game of Thrones: is you can talk about hilarious, you can make hilarious insects, incest jokes with your mother. That's the best part of Game. That's how popular Game of Thrones is. Um, now, yeah, like the rest of the Westeros gets a couple inches of snow that day. Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> the, I have been a very, very staunch on this podcast, and as you you gentlemen know, having to hear me rant about Game of Thrones every now and then, that I have never been a a Jamie Lannister fan. Specifically because a few good deeds, 
Yeah, a few good deeds are, are not uh, a, a, a deterrent for me and willing to, like, like help being nice to somebody one time does not excuse child crippling and sister raping on the Matt Pierce scale of, <laughs> of stopping things. So if I could just get on my high horse for a minute here. Um, everybody who cheered for this incest scene with John and Daenerys, which is also somehow grosser because for, for some reason, I don't know why, it, it like aunt nephew stuff is is just worse than brother sister stuff it's all disgusting but yeah for those of you who rejoiced on the internet and cheered for this fuck you <laughs> just a heartfelt fuck you to matt from matt pierce on the crossover podcast this is disgusting in, and in john and danny's defense they, they don't, don't know. They don't know. I'm not blaming them, Rob. I'm not blaming them. I'm speaking specifically to the people who cheered for this on the internet last night. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it is not to be cheered for, people. Like Again, all right, that's it. I'm off my high horse now. Um, yeah. Do, do you know, think... Not even the all-knowing, all-seeing, uh, you know, three-eyed crow knows, and he knows what why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, <laughs> I think he watched it twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold do, up. You, do you think there's gonna be a scene next season where John goes, "Oh God, what did I do? I made a huge mistake." <laughs> just starts vomiting. <laughs> just starts vomiting uh, uncontrollably. Yes. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Curb your enthusiasm. Music starts playing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly zooms in well, on him. <laughs> it's gonna be really awkward when they they did it. Well, however many times they're going to do it on the boat ride, um, <laughs> but that Danny's going to be pregnant. Yeah, it's most make likely. It real awkward then. Yeah, it'll be real yeah, awkward. Know. Is the curse real, or is it just some bullshit someone said as they were dying? The fact that when actually when when John mentioned that, it's like you know maybe she was just lying. <laughs> true. At, maybe at she's not point... an OBGYN. Like <laughs> up until that point, it honestly never occurred to me that the witch could be full of shit. <laughs> as soon as he said it's like oh my god I gotta actually think about things <laughs> yeah if that was don't take them at face value that, that a, yeah that was a funny exchange though when Daenerys was like just so you know I can't have children and then John's like well who told you that she goes well the witch who poisoned me and killed my and forced me to kill my husband and unborn child and then she goes she basically had the face look on her face like now that I'm what? saying it out loud, maybe this isn't true. <laughs> it's like, well, now that I'm saying it out loud, it might not be true. Perhaps I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. be there. Yeah. I feel, I feel like there can be an episode next season of Maury Povich. Yeah. Where she, <laughs> she's... Westerosi. It's like, they bring in <laughs> they bring in Cersei and Jamie first, and then afterward, after the break, it'll be Daenerys. We're going to meet Daenerys and Jon. Uh yeah. Maury, she said she couldn't have a baby. It ain't mine. <laughs> I haven't seen that bitch for six months. <laughs> you claimed that Drogo would be better when the sun rose in the west and set in the east and her womb quickened again, and our lie detector determined that was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> well played, Miller, well played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. But when season eight starts, given that we have to, like, the fans have to wait at least a year. 
Four, uh, 14 months. Like and, a year and a half or something. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, I would say 14 um, months on the on the generous end. In Game of Thrones time, mm-hmm. do you think that when season eight starts that there's two babies already born? No. John and Danny, and then Cersei and Jamie. Assuming either of them actually have a baby, no, it I does do not take nine months for the dead to watch to march from <laughs> from Eastwatch yeah. to the nearest town. I yeah. sure hope not. If we didn't get that scene, then I'd say maybe, but no, there's not nearly enough time. Yeah, the Night King destroys the wall that says, "Hold on, guys, let's let's let them find out, let them sweat a little bit," you know. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Gets- they get south of the wall and like, man, it's a lot warmer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have Back to, to the North North boys. I'm not ready to, to, to move on from the sex boat just yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the wall coming down in a minute. The love boat. Yeah, because um, I want to talk about Tyrion's little... Yeah, he did not look happy. That was not good. Like, I would say, like, it, it's been a bad season for the Tyrion character and the way they've written him. Um, I would say the best scene that he had um, this season for the Tyrion character, because like for the acting wise with Peter Dinklage, it was the the scene with Cersei that we mentioned earlier. Um, But for the Tyrion character, I think the best scene that they had was the conversation. I think it was last episode where um, the 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 last the the last episode where he was sitting there talking with Daenerys about, uh, you know, Oh, do you like John? And then the conversation immediately moved to, well, what are you going to do to establish some sort of hierarchy since you can't have children? Right. So yeah. we have to like, and so that, cause that's good. Cause that's him holding her to her word on breaking the wheel. Right. So that's good. That was well-written. That is flushed out from that Tyrion character. Excellent. I, I, I really, really enjoy that. For him to be hiding under a set of stairs while two people are humping in the other room, standing there going, you know, well, I really want, I really wanted to be the one in the hump room humping the silver-haired girl. <laughs> and yeah, for, for, for Tyrion to do that with eyes that would suggest that he is willing to throw away an alliance that would help save the goddamn world. That is a serious, serious breach of character. And, and I, I really hope that's not their goal in season eight. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I really hope they don't fuck that up. Much into it there, Pierce. <laughs> I hope, I hope I am. I, I honestly, God help him. But, but, but why would they do not. that? Like, like game of Thrones is like the, this last, they've never done anything. Seasons, like they, they, they're starting yeah. to go move towards ever since like we've gone past the books. Mm-hmm. It seems they're moving towards generic, more fantasy predictable yeah. fantasy plot points. Mm-hmm. Like I no giant twist. I a hundred percent agree with that. I believe it's gotten way generic yeah. and more predictable. I, I, I agree with you, but I think that that's more of the more having to do with us now being in the end game. Like yeah. they're, 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 at this point, it's sort of like we kind of know what the narrative stakes are, and I don't expect any more huge twists. Maybe some, maybe some. Like there's going to be some twists still, obviously, but yeah. we're not going to get any big like, oh, now this person's on this side because there's not going to be a ninth season. Like, like I'm not going to say that I think it's going to happen, and I'm, I'm not saying that 
I would, I mean, I, I saying right now, it's fucking retarded if that happened, mm. but I'm, I, I wouldn't say it's completely off the table. Yeah. I, no, 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 no. I, I'm just saying that it's, it's bound to become less and less so now that we're in like the final, like even two or three seasons now. I, I like, hope not. I where like major characters are dying, but now we're starting like I don't expect anyone to like really switch teams a whole lot anymore. Um, the only twists I can see are ones that you would actually have in like military engagements and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, we expected their troops to be here, but they're here instead. You know. Yeah, I I just I like my thing was just everything on Game of Thrones that they've done is always so deliberate, right? Like there, there's there's purpose behind everything that they do, behind characters exchanging items, behind characters saying they're going to do this or saying they're going to do that. Like, they, like it's always been very... Like, it, it's always done with purpose. So, to have Tyrion do the thing where he's standing under the steps looking longingly at the sex door, or at the the, 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 the entrance <laughs> to... Door. The entrance to the, to the sex room, is what I meant to say. I, which I guess technically makes it a sex door. <laughs> Like something out of Rocky Horror. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, but to stare longingly at the at the entrance to the sex room, which I guess technically makes it a sex door, uh, it just like for for them to just have them do it's that. So with, better it be called the sex door. The sex door. <laughs> it's just it was. It's. It, I don't know. It, it, it's just. See, it was can, off putting to me. That, that, you can take it that way, or you can take it like. You can take it the way that I kind of took it, where he's like, "I'm gonna have to ruin these people's lives because he's kind of like." He's gonna be the one who tells him this is a stupid fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I, I, I took it very much as a well. This complicates things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I there, mean, it, but it, it it made sense from the beginning though for him to go. Well, I can't bend the knee because the North will be pissed, mm-hmm. and you can't bend the knee because your people will be pissed. If we just get married, like what happens in times of yore, and unite our forces, that would make the most sense. Like, I don't understand why neither advisor said, hey, you want their army, they want your army, you're both single, marry your strong houses, and let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. Do exactly what Baelish said. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And what, you know, Danny said she was going to do. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah, yeah that's gonna, true. Yeah, she's going to marry a lord and, like, Get his shit. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's Dario doing back across the sea? Yeah. It's not like we could my use question, him. My question on that kind of topic, Rob, is what the fuck is going on in the twins? What's going on with all the phrase and why has everyone just like, oh, the phrase are all dead. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. Well there there are Lannister troops there hanging out. Yeah. That's where um what's But there's been no there's the been no like singer. investigation. There's been no like how the fuck did this happen? Who did it? Let's get revenge. Yeah, guess... people really don't care that they died. They really yada yada <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I under I kind of understand because of the way that they were talked about, like the late Walder Frey, no one really respected them and hmm. what he did was to gain power and respect from the other lords because they all looked down on him. Well, well the most the opening for... case in a superstitious world too. Like Walder Frey did this unspeakable thing and cursed his whole family, and a ghost blew in and killed them all one day somehow. Well, just goes to show you, don't be an asshole. Case I, closed. <laughs> I guess, but when you have all these people like that can see fucking dragons and then be skeptical, skeptical about the 
undead army. I mean, yeah, that's fair. You've got to have someone looking into. Hey, they were all poisoned. Who was here? What happened? Like, yeah. no one talked to that servant girl who was like, yeah, bitch took off this face and was like, tell everyone the winter came. They just kind of abandoned that whole part. Hmm. It's like, who was she? I don't know. <laughs> Some short chick? Uh, yeah. There is one other thing that I, I want to bring in about the sex room, actually, yep. before we move on. Uh, I'm stealing this straight off of Reddit, I'm just going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a hilarious little comment about Tyrion's. Um, Tyrion's close-up at the end, uh, where he seemed to have Lion King level of disapproval. <laughs> and then they wrote this little song. I can see what's happening, and they don't have a clue. They'll fall in love, and here's the bottom line. Our dragons are down to two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well played. Um, Before we get to the wall, we must mention that Theon apparently had a few moments (laughs) in this final episode. Um, (laughs) Oh, yes! He, he did the Homer Simpson uh, strategy of boxing, where get punched until the other guy gets so tired. He falls yeah, over. that guy was not in in good shape. That guy needed to do some cardio, man. Like that was that was bad. And to the point where, like, he was like, "I'm so tired. I'm just gonna use my finishing move, which apparently is a kick directly to the balls." And then yeah, Theon I mean, was just like, <laughs> "I think you will find Bobby." That yeah. I have. Testicles. <laughs> yeah, she's lying. Hit her again. Oh, I think it was the Iron Islander uses ball kick. It's yeah. not very effective. Yeah, <laughs> uses ball kick against Theon. Oh man, and then yeah, Theon... still hurt like crazy though. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like he's still a guy kicking you, right? Like, the pelvis several times. Exactly. <laughs> Theon was just like. Yeah. He didn't cut off his dick and balls and replace it with iron. Yeah. Like, that's there's true. still just raw flesh there. That's yeah. still hard. Can you imagine? Just, kong. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like an aluminum baseball bat. Ping. It's just funny, though, the look on Theod's face when he's basically like, ha, ah, finally getting my dick caught off is to my advantage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> my World's worst, worst superpower. I, I yeah. reveal my trap card. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. And yeah, and he had the conversation with John where John just, like, <laughs> basically it was just Theon was like are you the Christ figure and he's like yeah yeah I'm the Christ figure I forgive you right I came back from the dead and now I'm forgiving you for all sorts of unspeakable crap <laughs> like, it's just like can I leave now yes you may <laughs> it's like alright yeah, now I'm out of here it was, it was very much really almost literally the way to my father's kingdom is open <laughs> yeah, like... yeah there was also one uh, another significant thing in that conversation though with between John and Theon where John was all like look you know what you you know you are both a Stark and a Greyjoy, which I guarantee you John is going to have the same fucking conversation with him next time, where it's like, you are a Stark and a Targaryen. Like, yeah. It's going to be the same kind of like, you know, I, I don't know if they'll have the same conversation, but there's going to be something like that. Well, there's going to be a callback to that. Very good point, Or Leapok. Very good point, Leapok. Um, yeah, that's that's actually, that's, that's enjoyable. I enjoy that. I hope that happens. Um... So the wall comes down. I've I've been predicting it. We've a few of us on this podcast. I know Rob and I have been talking about it. We we felt like the wall was coming down. Yeah, I'm pretty Which sure we I all. Don't under, the I don't understand why it came down because in the Hound's vision, he said he saw the lake freezing and then walking across it. 
Well, they still got to. They can still do that, that can't they? That's why I brought up last week. Is the wall going to come down at East Watch, or is the the, the ice dragon going to freeze I... the lake around it, or the freeze? Yeah, I thought I thought they were going to do the lake around it because that's what have said in the vision. And in my eyes, if that dragon is shooting ice at well, it... ice, wouldn't that just was... make more ice? It was fire ice, KB. Come on, duh. <laughs> <laughs> It's an ice dragon. It's blue flame. Come on. Is the dragon fucking Brickma? <laughs> yeah, guess, ice. yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he I'll heats up the, the ice cubes. The dragon, the dragon, the dragon is. It's the blue eyes white dragon. It is Viserion, the yeah. white dragon. This yeah. is blue eyes white dragon. Yeah, he's he's literally the like. Someone needs to do a parody where Kaiba is just watching it and going like, ah, oh, right, like like Photoshop like, Kaiba on top of it instead of the Night King. Yeah, like yeah, like little Karibo, get on that. That's your move, buddy. Uh, screw the rules. <laughs> yeah, screw the rules. I have a blue. Dra- I have flame breath. Uh, um, I'll tell you. The Night King riding a dragon and using ice breath to bring down the wall. And the shot of him... Like, there was the one shot of the Night King where he was, like, floating on the dragon as it was, like, burning. And he was just like, yeah, I'm so awesome. And (laughs) I just... I I couldn't help but think that, like, that scene was just so not RR. Right, like, like, like. There's no way RR is writing a moment that tropey yeah. in in his works, right? Like, it was, it was. Yeah, now my ultimate weapon, ha ha ha. Yeah, so it, it, it goes to show the departure from like where we passed the books, and it's yeah, back. It's just here's the generic stuff of what we kind of expect. Yeah, because I mean, it's no so RRL, DD. Yeah, it's it's so weird in Game of Thrones because like we've never experienced this before. In terms of, this was, you know, a show based on established canon that never got finished, and now we're just kind of making it up, right? Like, yeah. like this, this has never happened before. Like, we have, like, we, we talk about, like, you it know, has we, actually happened before with Full Metal Alchemist, but okay. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> but we don't talk, I guess. But whatever. Yeah. All right, then, and only in Western media. But I mean, like, I, I mean, like, we come on this podcast and talk about the MCU uh, ad nauseum, and we we come on and we we cry about most things in the in the DC EU, and <laughs> but we know that those things are based on canon that is fluid mostly, and some of those stories have endings, right? But also have established comic booky stuff where they can keep going forever and ever. And this is is closer to. It's basically like if they started making if they finished the Harry Potter movies before the last book. Was yeah, released. before the last book was released, right? And and yeah, it's it's just weird. It's just weird that this is the way we're gonna go. And if like RR ever finishes writing the books, I would be very interested to see how different like his actual vision was it's, it's well at it's... least at least they're not doing the uh the anime route where they would just have filler episode after filler episode, after episode after yeah filler episode yeah like, and now Jon snow learns how to drive like yeah yeah i mean well played if if it was gonna be like that, we would be complaining of the complete opposite of what happened in the season, where it would take seven million years for them to get anywhere. Yeah. As opposed to instantly teleporting to place to place. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, you can complain about the time stuff, but I'm glad stuff is actually happening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a necessary evil. Uh, and we don't have to like it. No. But it's, it is moving it along to a place where that they want to be to finish it off. Yep. Here's yeah. my question. Do Tormund and Beric have off-screen deaths? No, I don't. No. I don't think so. I had this conversation with KB yesterday because basically it was just Tormund said run, they ran, and yeah, they looked back. Yeah, and they were like, "Get out of here!" And then they did because I mean they only broke the one half of the the one part of the wall, right? They didn't break the whole yeah. thing and bring the whole thing crumbling down, but they broke down enough that he can move the army across it, right? Because he's like, what? He's it's like, his dragon's not made of ice fire breath, right? You gotta conserve that stuff, right? And so, yeah, they just yeah. blew up the I one said, part of the wall. Very much. Yeah, so he was just like, I'm gonna blow up this one part, that's enough for me to keep my army moving. And, yeah, they, they, they broke down the wall, and, and that's it. They, they moved, <laughs> moved it along from there. But, no, Tormund did not survive getting dragged into the fucking pool of zombies to fucking die off screen I, ha- I I have to believe Game of Thrones wouldn't you know like if they were gonna do that they should have killed them uh, last episode yeah or... yeah, yeah. like our our might do that just because he enjoys you know drinking the sweet sweet salty tears of his fans but but yeah. uh, I don't think Benny Hoffman well, even like, took the show for Tormund to be like a fan favorite. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Benny Hoff and Weiss, so far in season seven, I will say, have not uh, have shown the reluctance to pull the trigger, right? Because who did we who did we lose this season? We lost Olena Baelish. Tyrell, and we lost Baelish, who everybody wanted to see go anyway, right? Yeah, so lost all the Sand Snakes. <laughs> yeah, and we and the Sand Snakes again. Who the fans? Who? Who are they, they again? Exactly. Who the Boy, fans <laughs> don't really care about because they were such a massive disappointment back in season five. So, uh, yeah, everybody wanted to see them go. So really, the only fan favorite they killed was Olena Tyrell, who basically got to give the fucking double deuce while she like <laughs> died yes, anyway. Also, so also Randall and then of course Yeah, yeah Dick on. Baelish. Yeah. Baelish. <laughs> well yeah, we mentioned Baelish, but Baelish they wanted to yeah. see him go anyway. So Olena yeah. Tyrell's the only one who, like I said, <laughs> basically do- like gave like Jamie the double fingers and grabbed her crotch on the way oh. out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other like like we talked about before, the only way that it could have been better if she like threw down a smoke bomb and was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ninja vanished out. <laughs> I'll see you next time, Lannister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, random question: Did I miss a scene at some point somewhere between the last two episodes, or is Gendry just off rowing a boat somewhere again? Yeah, he's rowing a boat again. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Last episode. Yeah. Uh, did was he in the walk and talk? Because oh, Davos, Davos was there, but I don't think I remember seeing Gendry. I'd have to go back and watch. Maybe, maybe he was there. Maybe he wasn't. But obviously, he's, he's still. Probably, he's probably in Winterfell, smithing up some city and yeah. shit. He's probably yeah, training for it. his next he's marathon. Gotta, well, he's got to make a new hammer because the hound fucking lost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We put it down. <laughs> he's tra- he's he's just running <laughs> laps around King's yes. Landing, training for the next marathon. <laughs> um. Oh, a what? Marathon. A what? <laughs> the what? The what? <laughs> marathon. Uh. One last question, and then we'll get into the 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 dread. Um, the, I'm dreading the MVP conversation. Um, not as excited as years past with <laughs> the MVP conversation. Yeah. Um, I want to ask a question. I want to get everybody's take on this. 
And I'm going to start with Miller. As a book reader, I want, I want to ask Miller first. But let me preface this question by saying that all of the people on this podcast, and I'm speaking my, myself included, um, we don't know shit, and we are in no way qualified to write a TV series. But that said, Miller, what do they have to do to not fuck it up in season eight? Oh, that's a hell of a question, Peter. Yeah, just first thing that comes to your dome. What, like, what, what, what do they have to do to not mess it up in season eight? Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I think that you can't take the kid gloves off now. Um, it's very easy, like I was saying before, to follow like a typical story structure of we've had our like dark middle chapters, we've had favorite characters die. Uh, it would be really easy to be like, well, here are the players that there are now. Um, let's do like our Return of the Jedi moment and let's, you know, no more big twists. It's all action. Let's just make it happen. Um, I think that it part of the reason people love Game of Thrones is for those twists. I think that if we don't have characters die anymore, like if we need named characters to continue to die, we need favorite characters to at least one or two to die. Because I don't think we had a lot of that this season either. I mean, maybe Baelish was the most favorite character that died. I, hey, I man, agree. I loved Elena Tyrell. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. fair. That's yeah. a good point. But those are the only two, right? Because no one gave a fuck about the Sand Snakes, and that's those are no, the only ones we lost. No, it wasn't an episode at all until like, yeah. the very end of last season. And nobody cared about Dickon or Randall Tarly either, right? Like They, they were whatever. Dickon was literally a punchline. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to have... And, I mean, if you bring it up into a finale, I mean, there's going to be some... Uh, you have to have a good mix of... Uh, like twist murders and so on like that like oh you didn't expect this character to kill this character did you haha but you also have to have some heroic sacrifices in there as well um which i i see Tyrion dying in the last episode of this show um i i don't know how you don't disappoint beyond that that seems like the big thing that people want going into this is that suspenseful what's happening week to week and not just action scene after action scene it'd be very easy to do that um, but I think that they need to continue to pace themselves. Uh, um, KB, what, what would you say they have to do to not, not like what, what would you say you don't want to see happen in season eight? Or as I put it earlier, what do they have to do to not F it up? Well, they have to, you remember the very first season mm-hmm. when they killed off the fucking main character of the show? You, yeah. you remember you remember the red wedding the hero the hero ki- died yeah when they killed off the other fucking main character of the show yeah the the, the versus to be, Oberyn versus the mountain be, they killed han solo basically <laughs> yeah they there needs to be another loved endearing Tyrion like character who bites it because they fuck up hmm and it needs to happen. It didn't happen. Like I think we can all agree, it didn't really happen this season. There wasn't that. Maybe Peter Baelish. Maybe that. Oh shit! Shit's going down. Moment where it, the very Game of Thronesy moment. They kind of missed the mark on this on this season. They need to step it up in terms of the the way they write the characters because a lot of, I, we discussed already in this episode a lot of the characters are doing things 
out of character that are kind of bothering at least the people on this podcast where they're stepping out of bounds just to get the plot moving. I need, I think they need to get back to a Tyrion who's wheeling and dealing, a, a Jon Snow who's wheeling and dealing, and not just, you know, spouting off lines about honor and whatever. Things need to move for purpose and not move because the plot demands it. I agree. Rob, any thoughts? Season 8? Uh, I, I definitely agree with what uh, what KB just said, um, but they, they need to show the Army of the Dead. They can't just save it for the last episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I, I definitely don't think that'll be... A... I, I think they need to be a little bit more prominent in the next season because they've pretty much had what? Other than a couple of episodes this season, they had maybe a grand total of 30 minutes of screen time across all episodes. Mm-hmm. So since they are the supposed enemy, uh, they, they need to be seen a little more. And I would like to see possibly Winterfell being taken hmm. by them. And hmm. unfortunately, if Arya is still there, she might be gone. Be and I think Sans is going to go. That'd be a big one. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, one of the reasons I think, because I, I think it was it was a big fan theory that Cersei was going to die in season seven, that the human enemy would be dead by the end of season seven, and then season eight would just be the CGI enemy. Which you know, in retrospect, maybe they should have done. Who knows? But I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look at season seven and eight as just one big long running season. Yeah. Um, do you care, and I'm asking you specifically, Rob, do you care if they take the time to spin the web of the Night King and why he's here? Uh, no. I'd be okay with uh, a little bit of backstory. If they spend the whole fucking season doing mm-hmm. that, and then we get the one episode where it's just the war, then no. But if we get an episode of, uh, what, next season's episodes are basically like... Mm-hmm. 90 minutes a piece. I, I mean, in total, if we got, say, 60 minutes of that backstory across a number of episodes, I'd be fine with that. We already have his backstory. <laughs> it's kind we of We already sort. have but, enough backstory, enough. Yeah. We, this, harken, we this, harkens enough back, this harkens back to the conversation we had last week about a Joker yeah. origin story. That is exactly we what don't I was need, We yeah, don't that, need it. You know we, what? That is. All we need, all we need for the Night King is to be. We don't need to know why. He doesn't have to have a motivation. He's evil. He's magic. He wants to fucking kill everything because that's what he wants to do, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Damn it, I, as you far as I'm concerned, words against me last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I consider the White Walkers and the uh, the Whites to be a natural disaster. Yeah. yeah, they're they're like Godzilla or a, you know a hurricane. You don't need to know why. <laughs> what is the, the motivation? Explanation. Behind it. You just have to deal with it. I <laughs> retract my earlier comment. Yeah. I, 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 I've been drinking. 
Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just, I just, just... don't need to make the, the Night King a sympathetic character. Exactly. I don't care. Like, like I mean, there, there's people tossing theories around that the Night King is actually like Bran, some sort of time loop Bran. That's just I've like seen just stuff stupid. Where it's Bran or where it's John. Yeah. Other stuff. It's like. Yeah, yeah, it's like who cares? Just let him be an evil thing that you have to defeat. It, it like it goes back and you mentioned it last week. Like the comparison I keep coming back to you is is like who the fuck asked for a Maleficent movie, right? Like she's just an evil dragon lady in a fucking Disney movie. We didn't need to spin the web of why is she evil? It's like who cares? It's a fucking like we don't need Corella Deville's background, right? Like like she kills puppies. She's a and, horrible person. And, uh, like end of story, right? Like fuck and. The reason why so many people enjoy Heath Ledger's, jo- Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker yeah. is because of that line that mm-hmm. Alfred says, some people just fucking like chaos. Yeah, some just people just them. like to watch things burn. Yeah, There are and, shows or, where it works, mm-hmm. and I'll cite Avatar The Last Airbender, where it's a kid show and you can have a peaceful option without making a sympathetic bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, can, you can't make The Night King give them a backstory because the only reason to do that is to humanize them and to make them sympathetic in some way to the viewer when their literal goal is to kill everything that lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, I don't care. Sir, he's tragic. Kill him anyway. He's a threat to everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Always punch a Nazi. Leapock, did I ask you what, what, uh, what you'd like uh, to see them do in season eight? No, you did not. Um, I feel like this season they really, really pulled their punches. Yeah, I the, the thing I wrote they, down like things th- like like Jamie should have died twice this season. Now. Yeah, the thing I wrote like, down, Lee Pock, in, in in sports analogies is they were basically in the prevent defense, <laughs> where it, like and one of the old sayings in in football is is when you go into the prevent defense, all you do is prevent yourself from winning. So. Uh, you know, sports analogies, that, that's what it was for me. They just went prevent defense. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I think they really just need to just go for it. They need to do more. They need to, need to make the stories make sense. But they need to have more character interaction. Because, I mean, okay, let's think about uh, just a few minutes ago we were talking about the wall coming down. And we weren't talking about the geopolitical aspects of the massive influence that happened in this world where 100,000 dead people are now walking into the world. We were talking about even more so about fucking Tormund and like ghosts, the fucking dragon fire and crap like Mm -hmm. that. Like the, the reason we watch this show is because of the characters and interaction with the characters. And one of the reasons that the show has become so intriguing is because, you know, the characters can eat it at any time. But this season, everyone was in fucking bulletproof or fireproof or waterproof yeah. And they like plot armor, like just ridiculous plot armor, and you know that's not what the show's about. And uh, like I'm not saying kill people just to kill people, but I'm saying if someone is put into an impossible situation, you know maybe they should just eat it. Yeah, <laughs> the, like the most yeah. fucked up scene in this season was Tormund about to get dragged to a watery grave, which would have been an awesome way for him to go. And then the heroic music playing and the hound started like ripping him off and did the like you know action hero reach out. Are you, kidding? Out. Are you yeah. kidding? The scene after that where John literally gets dragged underneath the ice in the water. Yeah. Comes comes up, gets saved by Benjen, who oh my god. Oh well, yeah. I guess we didn't mention that Benjen died, you know? <laughs> like, like all this time we, we talk about characters who died. It's like and then, Benjen and then, died. And then like, after whatever. he gets saved by Benjen, he braves the fucking cold on a 
horse all wet. the way back to Eastwatch, mm. wet, yeah, <laughs> in Arctic temperatures, and survives. Yeah. Uh, I guess the that's dragon. That's dark like blood. When, I, when you're, when you're, he's got that. He's got that fire there, blood. Yeah. <laughs> when you're sitting there and you're going, oh shit, they're actually gonna kill off Jon Snow. Holy crap! How are they gonna do this? And then you, you in the back of your mind, you're like, wait a minute, they can't do that. And he survives something so ridiculous. Like they can't do that next season. Come yeah. on. I really thought Tormund was gonna die in that scene because there was the scene at the beginning where they're yeah. all walking and kind of bonding together. Yeah. And him and the him and the hound are bonding, and then the hound does the dumbass thing where he's throwing rocks for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved if it's like, wow, I just got to know this guy, and I did an idiot thing, and now he's dead. Yeah, we talked about that last yeah, that's week the thing too. That Tormund should have died. Jorah should have died. Like that. Yeah. That, you know. One person getting Jorah dragged off at the end should not the have been John. It should have been Jorah. Jorah yeah. should have died. Uh, Tormund should have died. Jamie honestly probably should have died at least twice. In Loot Train, yeah. That well, he should have died in Loot Train. And uh, how fucking amazing would that be would, if uh, in that scene with Cersei where she actually just snaps because Tyrion pushed her so far, she snaps and orders the mountain to kill him. Yeah. That would have been... Something. It was it was a coin Which flip was... in that scene. I'm like, this is Jamie's gonna die here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Which oh. what? At which was again out of character for Cersei. She fucking hates Tyrion. She's hated him since the beginning of fucking time. Like yeah. I don't understand her what pregnant, her motivation I is, was. I think her being pregnant is messing with her brain. She's got nice baby brain or something. <laughs> yeah, like, the baby well, is it, eating all like... the bitch cells. <laughs> 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 it, it's like an it's like an angel when Darla's pregnant and yeah. she's sharing the soul with the baby. Yeah, oh. boy, that's <laughs> an obscure like reference. That, actually, obscure reference, kids. <laughs> check with your parents. Good lord. Oh, my boy, my boy, KB. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with the angel reference. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Quality show. Quality uh, show. Go watch it. Vincent Carthizer. All right, I'm, let's not talk about it. I'm getting angry. <laughs> I would quit the show then. <laughs> All right, I've been dreading this the whole podcast, but here we go. The MVP talk. I have three names written down, but we're gonna do a quick around the horn, and I want everybody gut instinct to give me who they think should be the MVP in a effort to make it seem democratic, but it's not because at the end it's my decision because it's my podcast. So deal with it. Uh, <laughs> Rob Callflesh. I'm going to give it to uh, the Night King. Wow. You spoiled, you spoiled my, my dark horse MVP, Rob. Thanks for that. You defiled my he's, moment. <laughs> he's, the only one that's done, he's done everything the way he wanted it to. He was patient enough to wait for a dragon to show up just so they can get one. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree. I, I was going to mention him. He's one of my three names. According to plan for him. I didn't think anybody would say that name. Good on you, Rob. Kevin Miller. I was actually I was actually also going to say the Night King. Okay, KB, <laughs> Night King. Maybe, maybe, hold on. Maybe I'm not dreading this MVP conversation. Maybe this will be easier than I thought. Kevin Miller, MVP. Uh, I had predicted Arya. Mm-hmm. Uh, I predicted Arya, too, but... She she started declining very fast. What they did with what they one. did with what they did with her was atrocious. And like basically, she her bookends were fantastic. Killing the yes. killing the Baelish and killing the Freys, fantastic. Everything in between. And I guess there there was the fan servicey stuff with Brienne, but the actual plot stuff that happened with Arya this yeah. 
Yep. This season was those were the those were the bad. three I was going to bring up. There was the bookends, and there was the scene with Brienne, and unfortunately, it's not quite enough. No. Ah, uh, Jesus, who's my MVP? Uh, gut reaction says John. John. Um, John. Smith. My my dark horse, Sam. Okay. <laughs> Sam, I uh, possibly he actually remembered something. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Leapock. Well, you know what? Like, save people's well, lives, made splashes at the Citadel, and then remembered important things conducive to the plot. Did save Jorah. Yeah, did save Jorah, too. That's on there. Yep. Well, that's true. Mike Leapock? Well, the bookends of and the uh, the scene with Brienne uh, with Arya were obviously her high points. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that everything did lead to Baelish um, does not in my mind put her up to a particularly strong showing for MVP no. but compared to everyone else um, I think she actually did quite well so in terms of people I'd actually put my vote towards Arya still but my dark horse would be Drogon Okay. Yeah. literally just like fucking he's the only consistent force in the show and I think it's uh, a good representative of how this season has been just a kind of a flashy disjointed fun mess and you know what's more fun than a dragon yeah and I K- want more Rhaegal representation <laughs> and KB was that an official vote for the Night King from you earlier well, since Rob said Night King I'm gonna throw out another Dark Horse you can say Night I King is... I don't care no no I think I think this is the season of Dark Horses I'm gonna actually go with Bronn Okay. I'm going to tell you why. He's been the only person I feel this season who has stayed on character. Mm-hmm. He shot a dragon with a crossbow. He's had some great scenes and great dialogue where, sorry, but our alliance ends at dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been probably the most consistent character this season. That's... Okay. Yeah. He also has shown himself okay. to be one of the only people who actually has a head on their shoulders. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, though, if you want to go with someone who's uh, someone who's been actually consistent in terms of um, being actual, having common sense, Jamie, I'd say, is up there too. Yeah. Jamie's actually, I think Jamie's have put a really, really solid performance. Not just like the character has been fine; he's done some interesting things, but the uh, uh, the actors, the actor has done, I think, phenomenally with Jamie. Yeah. It- Every scene that Jamie's been in, you can see that how he's torn between two decisions and how he's kind of had to make the one that he doesn't want to make. And I think that's been a really strong point of his acting this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, with that in mind, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and just back up what I'm saying about John because everything that he set out to do, he did, plus nailed Daenerys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was, he was a little whiny bitch about it for most of the season. Yeah, and he did. He had a lot of episodes where he just stood around and was like, "I need your army," and he like, I don't know. He just he just didn't sit well with me this season. Yeah, and his what he did. Were, his, his plans were all idiotic, and the fact that they worked out is just like was yeah. it's total Deus Ex Machina how they all worked out. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, certainly and, in that second last episode, I agree. But it was his plan to take the baggage train too. It's true. The biggest, I, I mean, it's just weird to say that the, the two biggest plans, like everybody's like, what's our plan here? The, the the two biggest plans that they had this season were, let's go up north and steal a zombie. And the other big plan was, hey, what if we had a big crossbow? <laughs> like, fuck. Oh, you forgot, you forgot, let's split our army in three. Yeah, jeez. So, yeah, some brilliant decision making this year. 
Let's right. split our army into three, but put all of our generals in one place where they can easily be killed. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so some interesting cases being made. We, we had some votes for the Night King. There was some Jamie talk. There was some Braun talk. Some, some... Here are the three names I have written down. I think, I think these are the three. Two are kind of serious. One is kind of not so serious, but I might give it to him anyway. The first name I have on my list is Cersei Lannister. Going for back-to-back MVPs because I think Lena Lena Headley, I think, turned in just churned out yet another fantastic performance, and she really tried to put the exclamation point in that last episode with the fight with her and Jamie and the scene with her and Tyrion, which, despite you know the bullshit reason we got to that scene, was uh, tour de force by the two of them. And right up to the scene when she she killed, like when Euron brought the uh, brought the sand snakes to her, and she was just like, oh, 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 god, <laughs> right, oh, I'm so happy, <laughs> right, and and the 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 scene with her, even though like nobody cared and they all hated when they all liked when the sand snakes were dying and when when Ilaria Sand was killed, and but like her torturing her, uh, that was a tremendous performance by her too. Um, Basically, anytime she was in the room with Jamie, and and she did this, she had the scene where she was like, you know, change these sheets because I, I just my brother and I just defiled them like <laughs> in, in 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 ways you can't even imagine. Um, there was that. So I think Cersei Lannister is is one of the nominees looking for back to back MVPs. Second name on my list is Jon Snow. I think. Miller, I think, put it very succinctly earlier where he, he set out to do a bunch of shit, got it done despite the, the ridiculousness of the Beyond the Wall episode, and he nailed Daenerys. Uh, and, and you know what? He's the first one who ever nailed Daenerys without having to murder anyone to get her, you know, <laughs> like kind of to get her kind of in the mood because that's, that's the way she likes it, really. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I think Jon Snow, through sheer force of personality, and, and had some great stuff, like when he first met Daenerys and was like, no, I'm not bending the knee. What do you think? I am insane. And yeah, so I, I think... And then the third one, Rob mentioned it earlier. I was going to say the Night King, because a lot of what we base this MVP on here on the Crossover Podcast just has to be with when they showed up on screen, how excited were you for them every time it's why Oberyn is the MVP of season four even though he was killed it was just anytime the second that scene that guy showed up on in, in season four first thing he did was stab a Lannister in the goddamn wrist and then participate in wild orgies and then you know t- you know walked about talking about how he's gonna get justice I- and stuff and then went out in a melon smashing blaze of glory I think wild pansexual orgies yep the state, the statement scene for the Night King for me mm-hmm. is he almost, almost one upped uh, when he raised all of the wildlings after mm-hmm. they kicked the shit out of John and the wildlings by Okoing Viserion. Yeah. So and like because because everyone everyone thought like okay dragons they shoot fire fire kills ice we know that we you when you burn them they die and he just so not in classic night king fashion he just so nonchalantly walked over grabbed his spear kind of aimed it and was like sup 
Yeah. It's like, well, now <laughs> this is happening. It's like, oh, you got your dragon? Well, now this. Um, so, yeah. Any, but, like, any time the Night King was on screen, it was just like something is about to fucking happen. And it did. Like, he killed the yeah. dragon, he marched guys forward, and he fucking destroyed the wall. So, if you're talking about... If you're, if you're doing it in terms of who advanced their cause the most this year... It's these three, too, right? Because Cersei got, you know, the gold and managed to... She she managed to stave off the Iron Bank and finagled the Iron Islands and the gold company. Yeah, but she didn't really advance at all because she was at the top of her game at the beginning True. of the season. So treaded like, water, if, if then, anything, though. she just didn't go backwards. Yeah, she, she treaded water, really right? She far backwards, but she still, like, mm-hmm. her army I got think it, it feels It feels to me like she's grasping... Mm. Yeah, and, she's she's kind of treading water. Jamie sees it. Jamie sees it that she's grasping, and he's like, "Okay." And it, 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 in that scene where he's like, "Okay," if the North wins and beats beats the zombies, they're gonna come with their dragons and they're gonna fucking kill us. And if they lose, they're gonna come with the dragons and they're gonna fucking kill us. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no winning. Yeah, and I mean that's what she says her thing too. Like she's like you can tell she's being backed into a corner because she's saying stuff like when it really comes down to it, you know, we saw that 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 zombie that came at me. The first thing I thought about was protecting me and the people who are important to me, and that's it. Mm. Like it, it almost seems like she doesn't want to win so much as she wants to keep living. Yeah, and yeah, like it's it's a it's a desperate move. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it's like I, I think if anything like yeah what Mike I think yeah. said is correct like she's clinging more than kicking ass yeah and, and as a queen she she just outright said I don't care about the people yeah it's like okay yeah well, well that's she... what I'm saying I really like the power play of John showing up and yeah. being like hey I'm king of the north and I'm a decent person yeah. 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 She's also the defending MVP, so treading water is is not necessarily a knock against her, though, right? Like it she's is like not, it's she's like she's she's like, hey, I was the MVP last year, and um, I'm no, more the, the same for me. That, and the fact last that she's year's, the last year's stats never matter, though. <laughs> no, it's true. <sighs> one, the fact that she's one of the strongest actors on that show is also a strong point in her corner. Yeah, John, John Snow, in, in terms of advancing cause, obviously he, you know, much of the, what went down in these shows was basically because, or in season seven was basically because of John Snow making moves, right? Like he may have weakened his position in the North slightly, probably not really, but yeah. he did it to... Well, if you things know, hadn't broken the way they did with Arya and Sansa and mm-hmm. Baelish, mm-hmm. then I would say that that's a, you know, Jon Snow did what he wanted to do, but at great personal cost. Yeah. But, but I, I think that I think that uh, it all worked out. I mean, that obviously wasn't his doing necessarily, but I mean, it's also not enough to give Arya or Sansa the second place. Yeah. Like, like I, I think that Arya is like a, like a number two or three for me, but... You know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride with her, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's because so, she's so freaking close. Like, mm-hmm. if it was, if she had, say, uh, done it, like, killed Baelish herself, then, um... I think then if she had would... one more strong character-developing episode, I, th- I think it's, this wouldn't even be a close conversation if she would have went to King's Landing instead of going to Winterfell. Well, I, well, I think even I, I think if she had killed Baelish herself and not been a uh, a, a you know a, a basically working on Sansa's orders, yeah, 
then I think she, basically she would have completely sent shit. Yes, yeah. but also I would not have I would not trade that scene away for anything. It was a very satisfying scene. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It was I. I wish it, it, we could have seen more as a, of her. As a badass, but I didn't mind it at all. Like even the part where like she just goes up and she cuts him, cuts his throat, and then just turns around before he even falls down. Yeah, the it, thing it is, is like nothing yeah. Her. yeah, that was freaking amazingly cold. But I wish if we just had a little bit of evidence at the end of say in her and Sansa's conversation, even of evidence of her bringing forth the uh this the the stuff that Baelish was doing like obviously doing to Sansa a little bit well I I actually got being more driven then I think she would be a much better contender (laughs) I actually got a sense of that when Baelish was doing his whole um I see that I think what's the worst they could do and Sansa was like oh well she wants to kill me and he's like, why? And she said, so she can become the Lady of Winterfell. And like, well, wait a minute. She knows for a fact that Arya wants nothing to do with that. She wants nothing so, of that, yeah. So yeah. why would she say that kind of thing? Yeah, well, uh, that's why I'm, I'm really looking forward to their interactions next season because uh, Arya has been my number, like, she's been my number two place for MVP for basically this entire series. Um, and Sansa was my pick for MVP last year, and I think put in another decent performance this year as the Lady in Winterfell, Um, especially at this last scene that they had together. Um, So, you know, Mike, you're saying that you would have loved it if, uh, you know, Arya had taken out Baelish by herself. Um, I mean, certainly that would have put her over the top as far as, like, an MVP status is concerned, but I also kind of like... Sansa being the one to basically put down the sentence on him as well. Yeah, I almost wish we could just say it was the Stark sisters because so much of what they did was so tied together this whole friggin' season. Yeah, and again, if not for that sixth episode, I would probably agree with you. Yeah. But that episode was kind of a mess. Yeah, there was too much off-brand stuff from yeah, Arya. There was a, that was a mess for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it was too much off-brand stuff from Arya to award her the MVP, but I agree that she should probably on be on my list of people here. And, she could be a fourth. Yeah, but I, we, I, I don't think she's a winner by any means, but no. I think she's a strong second or third place. No, can't can't give it to her to Arya and the the way they they fuck with her character a little bit this year. So I, I definitely can't give it to Arya. Wish I could, because as Miller mentioned, she's basically the Clyde Drexler of this show, where it's just like <laughs> it's like yeah, you were great, but you played at the same time as Michael Jordan, so no one remembers. <laughs> so you're you're not you're not as memorable as you could have been. Um, well, I think as long as we've been doing this pod, um, at least one or two people have always been picking Arya. I picked Arya. Yeah. Uh, every year with a backup of of somebody, mm-hmm. um, and I'm fairly certain other people have as well. Yeah, I Ar- think that this year I said that John was going to be my MVP, but Arya would come in second because Arya never wins, and no matter how much I want her to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got the MVP picks somewhere in here. Let me just find them. I'll see if I can refresh everyone's memory on what we all said. 
I said Elena Tyrell, and she died real quick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you, you didn't quite get the uh, the uh, uh, Doran Martell treatment on that one, KB, but I feel your pain. Yeah. It doesn't exclude you from getting MVP. It just means that everyone else would really have to shit the bed for the I mean, the way, the, way, uh, the way she went out was pretty boss. It's yeah. true. But... That's what I'm saying. I feel your pain, but you didn't quite get it as bad as I did. <laughs> yeah, but if, if she had done that in say episode five instead of episode two, yeah, it would have been a little bit different. I guess. Well, no. What was that? I guess it was episode four, three or four, and it was three. Yeah, three, four was Lou Train, and then Fucking three was the seven episodes. <laughs> so the official MVP picks from the crossover podcast: Miller, Leapock, and Rob all picked Arya. Liz and myself, Liz who couldn't be on this year unfortunately, went with Daenerys and it's not Daenerys. KB went with Elena Tyrell. That was the worst of the picks I thought. And Bill who also unfortunately couldn't make it um on this year but he'll be back next week for football. He picked Davos who had a good That's season. Not a lot of That's great not a bad pick. Had, had a good season but but can't give him the MVP, but Davos was a dark horse for me until the season started. <laughs> yeah, can we give him a supporting <laughs> award because he had fantastic lines in he, every Yeah, he he was up there. Yeah, he he was definitely a uh, he definitely had like a best supporting actor type this of. He's king of the north. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like Davos as a hype man. <laughs> for who? Yeah, for who dies? None of us got it right because barely any people died this season. I think the closest to being right was myself. I picked Drogon to die, and one of the other dragons died. But yeah, I, I picked Bronn to die. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, by you way did. Of I, think I picked Podrick. Yeah, you did. I, I picked I picked Bronn, I think, and either one of Grey Worm or Miss Ande. <laughs> you had Podrick, actually, Miller. Yeah. That was your that was your official pick. Which, you know, all of these would have been probably better than what we got this season, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, you yeah, picked closest closest with Theon. Yeah. We're all wrong. <laughs> yeah, Leapock picked Theon. Yeah, it was it was yeah, we didn't yeah, we, well, we were thinking bigger. We were True. pretty spot on with uh, who was not in seasons recent and who was going to show up. Yeah. We said Gendry, Nymeria, and uh, Hot Pie, who all showed up. I remember in, in episode two, I'm like, I'm only going to give myself half a point for this because Hot Pie showed up, but I'm not going to call it a full point until Gendry shows up. <laughs> and the, like the next episode, I'm like, yes! <laughs> so given that we only have again your vote doesn't matter because it's my decision but we're going to take a vote anyway um, given the names of just Cersei Lannister Jon Snow and the Night King what's your vote Rob? Uh, my vote would be for the Night King I would go Night King, Cersei, Jon okay so that's one for the Night King Kyle Brown I would go Night King, Jon, Cersei Miller uh, Jon, Cersei, Night King and Lee Park. Uh, <laughs> Knowing it does not matter. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. John Night King Cersei. Okay. Wait, is is that fucking like two across the board? Or yeah, that's basically two what, Night what Kings and two. It's the same everywhere. That's basically two that Night Kings and two Johns is essentially what it was. Which kind of get out of here, Cersei. <laughs> yeah, which kind of leads it down to me. <sighs> I'm not, Ew. yeah, I'm not 
thrilled about this. But I think this is the name. It's his show. It's his no. MVP ba, 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 season. It's ba, ba, his. He's it's Aegon Targaryen. Technically, yeah. Technically the technically <laughs> the yeah. Technically the the hero of the show. If this show happens to have a hero, he was runner up, I think, in season two. Like I would say, in season two. Man, season two is so good. I can't wait to have when this is all over. For season two, it was Tyrion Lannister. It was basically it came down to Arya, Tyrion, and Jon Snow were all turning in performances that were worthy of an MVP season. But Tyrion, like it was just even like pushing Tywin to fourth place. (laughs) Yeah, like like because Arya, the stuff with Arya at Harrenhal, and and that was fucking brilliant. Jon joining the Wildlings and whatnot in season two, fucking brilliant. And but. Just the stuff as Tyrion Lannister, his hand of the king. Just any time he was on screen, that was when he morphed into the audience's favorite character, right in season two. Yeah. So it was, it was just like, it was too good. So John was, I think he was runner up in season two because I would give the edge to, to him over the stuff in Harrenhal. I, I don't like it, but I, I, th- I, I think this is the right decision. I think Jon Snow is a reluctant. Asterixy short season, lo- like lockout, lockout NBA season. Aunt. Yeah, bang, dude banged his aunt. Even though I don't agree with that sort of thing. I like and... that you just can't say he's the MVP. <sighs> you have to go like this is an asterisk season. It because it absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. We're 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 gonna say Jon Snow is the is the season seven asterisk MVP on well, the crossover podcast. I mean, really, the problem is is that no one really. I don't even know if anyone. Nobody grabbed. Nobody grabbed the brass ring. Focus. Well, you're, yeah. you're on Greyjoy had a great showing in the first two episodes. Yeah, he was rookie of the year. Disappeared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was rookie of the year. He basically he, he came out hot. He came out hot. Then he hit hit that rookie wall. But then he adjusted a little bit and had a great moment in the last episode. <laughs> right. So he's very much a rookie of the year ca- uh, candidate. <laughs> you're on Greyjoy. Even though he was technically debuted last se- last season, so he wouldn't really be a rookie, but most improved player, maybe I don't know, <laughs> for for Euron Greyjoy, but yeah, a very very reluctant. I mean, like big ups to Kit Harrington. Finally, probably the biggest moment of his life uh, is is getting this uh, MVP from the oh, crossover the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, with an <laughs> asterisk next to it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the massive amounts of tail that I'm sure he is shoulder deep in right now as we are recording this conversation. <laughs> I await his award speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, good, good, good on him, John. John Snow. The official season seven asterisk MVP. <laughs> so to reiterate, reiterate the list: season one MVP Ned Stark, season two Tyrion Lannister, season three Jamie Lannister, season four Oberyn Martell, season five Stannis Baratheon, and season six Cersei Lannister, and <laughs> season seven with a big Aegon old Targaryen. big old asterisk John Snow slash John Sand slash Aegon Targaryen. Uh, is is the official MVP for, for the crossover podcast? So that's it, boys. What are we gonna do next year? For what are we gonna do for podcasts in the summer next year? I can't believe 
we're giving the MVP to a guy who almost gave away his fucking sword before he fought an undead army. It's, I'm not happy about it. You think I'm happy? <laughs> and then he was like, yeah. dude, get on the bus, and he decided to run away instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I want to go swimming. I think it actually perfectly, you know what, the Jon Snow MVP actually perfectly encapsulate the, the, the ups and downs of Season 7 that and as they occurred in real time. So, I... I <laughs> I, I, I think that's it because like i can't give it to the night king as awesome as he was and yes every time he was on screen something fucking happened and he destroyed the wall and killed the dragon and furthered his cause more than anybody this but i mean just not enough screen time right i, oh, yeah, I have I, to I, say i have to say one hour. thing yeah i have to say one thing about the night king if he emotes at all next season i will be sorely disappointed <laughs> even when he's getting like, stabbed in the chest because of his come at me bro moment in season even, five. so awesome even even if he when he gets inevitably stabbed in the heart by a valyrian steel sword i just want him to look and give like double fingers to whoever stabbed him as he <laughs> shatters into pieces so you don't think the night king's gonna win <laughs> No, nah, not I with Benny Hoff. I want him. I want him to win, but after what we saw in season seven with Benny Hoff and Weiss at the helm, I feel like we might actually get a happy ending to Game of Thrones, like a, a, a not sad one. Because, like I said, they didn't really they really pulled their punches, as 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 Leafpock mentioned in this season. I just like... I just hope it I just hope it doesn't uh, turn into a Return of the King situation with the elephants and the ghost army. And yeah. The... Oh, that's... So, yeah. I, I do... I don't know if it was brought up earlier on this pod because I was dealing with a fire alarm situation. <laughs> <and> not <laughs> Which I'm still not editing not hearing out. a lot of the, the pod. Still not that, editing it out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, but there was one scene in, in this episode that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I know it was mentioned when you guys talked about Jamie leaving. Mm-hmm. When it then showed, because it started to snow, and it showed... Um, king's landing with the first snowfall mm-hmm. that was a very beautiful scene yes and i started looking at that as like okay yes unfortunately there's still some lights on and whatnot people had their torches going and whatnot but it's like well what if those were out this is just a, there's just nobody here they're all dead they're part of the undead army now moving on to somewhere else it's a very very relaxing thing for me to see yeah very <laughs> I, poignant. Think, I think one of the biggest problems they're going to run into is CGI budget. Distan- <laughs> well, no, I, I was talking more on the show. The distance that the Night King's magic works, because oh, as cool. we've seen, as we've seen throughout the series, the Hound has been like he. Uh, everyone's been like he's the child of summer. He doesn't know the winter. They're a child of summer. They don't know what they're dealing with. It's the Hound on many occasions will be like they're not going to survive the winter anyway. We might as well kill them. How many people are going to die behind the line of scrimmage and pincer in the army because, just because it's winter? That's Ooh. interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, like if it's a long enough winter, like the Night King might not even have to do very much and everyone will just die. Well, I, yeah. I, I, brought it up, I brought it up last episode where he's immortal. He doesn't have to go fast. Yeah. <laughs> this, could be the, this could be the longest winter in history. Yeah, how how long did he wait for a dragon? Exactly. How long did he wait to go, get to the wall? He's like the so. slowest cancer. It's just like <laughs> it's, well, the wall is standing for eight thousand years, and now is the time that he moves. Like yeah. he's 
patient as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, it, and that's the best part of immortal villains. Like like I said about Doctor Doom, he went too far back in time, so he's like, fuck it, I'll just wait. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean that's it. I are we happy? Are we happy with Jon Snow as the MVP? Absolutely I, I, not. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. No. We're not happy, but I, I feel like that's... Well, I, he was my third pick of the three. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're going to look back on that one and go, yeah, that was the right choice. Like, in, in future watches of, of the season. Because there was not a bad... Because, like, like I said, one of, the, one of the many criteria is you have to be upset at some point. Like, you have to be bored when that guy's on screen. I don't think we were ever bored when Jon Snow was on screen. Because it was either, like, is he going to get killed? Or I, is he gonna fuck I, his aunt? Right. I, I, so I, I wasn't necessarily bored, mm-hmm. but I had no expectations that he would ever die. Like when he went under the water, it didn't even occur to me that he would actually like die. Yeah. No, yeah. Was, it was. It was more of a. It, it was a situation where you're like, oh, what are they gonna do to explain how he got out of this one? Yeah. It's exactly. Like, yeah, but I mean, that's more of a episode. Like you said, the water then. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he went into his utility belt and he had bat zombie spray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets magic like surviving. No one, expects, no one in the world expects Jon Snow to die in that scene, so why have that scene? Exactly. And it's, it was a messy episode for everyone. It was the one that put the Night King on our radars at all, but you know, the twenty minutes of screen time he got wasn't enough for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, man, I think that's it. It was a pleasure doing this with you guys. Thanks for coming on each week and helping me uh, plow through this season of, of Game of Thrones. I mean, I guess we'll see you in two years, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm... If we're lucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what goes down. I'm very interested to well, see what the crossover we've got, we've podcast... We've got Punisher coming up. We've yeah. got Star Wars coming up. Well, I'm, I'm, not concerned about, I'm not concerned about the winter because football starts next week, so we're covered for content for the next 20 weeks. But uh, you know, once it's next summer, I'm interested to see. We'll have to come up with some. Some we'll have to get creative. Come up with some some new. Content Maybe the actual the... fucking book will come out by then. Yeah, I pff, doubt it. Yeah, there's a there's a bar bet. What comes first, the next Game of Thrones book or season eight? There's a bar bet for you right there. And the answer is the 2018 NBA playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> the uh... <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh... Yeah, so, yeah, great great journey with you guys, and, and you know, it, it'll be a while before we talk Game of Thrones. Well, probably not. I'm sure we'll bring it up in, in random conversations on this podcast, but... If we find out it is actually two years before the next season of Game of Thrones, we can have another episode in a year's time just to talk wild theories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a very good idea, Rob. We'll, 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 I, just, we'll... I do love doing those preseason shows. Yeah. It's my favorite podcast. We can do the pre-preseason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one where we speculate what we might be saying on the preseason. <laughs> yeah. Just do some mock mock drafts. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Good idea. Um, all for you guys. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll see you next week on the crossover podcast because it is football time. Are you ready for some football? Yeah, because the football. Are you ready for some football? Starts next. <laughs> thursday so we're gonna have bill back on the podcast we're gonna have craig back on the podcast uh i'm sure kb will come on at some point at the very least we're gonna get you to do friends of the show picks because we're gonna be doing friends of the show picks every week they're gonna go head to head the friends of the show are gonna go head to head against uh bill craig and myself against the spread every week 
We'll be back it was making close last year. Close. Would you have one one and four week if I remember correctly? <laughs> I had a three, a three and three. Three, three and three. Sorry, three, yeah, three and three and five. I think I was so, very close to yeah. the top. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, couldn't quite get that fourth. Uh, yeah, that's it. No. So, uh, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast. Uh, what else? At Empire Six is the official Twitter account for the podcast because I'm too lazy to have a second one. Uh, and uh, SoundCloud.com slash Crossover Podcast is where we're available. We're looking into getting on a few other platforms, especially if SoundCloud bites the dust, which they say is going to happen pretty much once a week, but it's still going. So hanging whatever. on. Yep, still hanging on. Growing strong, if you will. Um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, we're going to be doing... F- like weekly football picks so we get tons of sports content for the next week and of course we'll chime in with other stuff punishers coming out thor ragnarok uh black panther movies on the horizon god that one's star wars star wars star wars star wars star wars star wars how what what an abusive relationship star wars is (laughs) is to me i just i might eventually have to chime in on some star trek discovery as well yeah yeah we could do that oh we got uh, fall lineups coming back so we'll have arrow and all those nice shows legends of tomorrow and fucking the flash will be back Yep, I've got a week's vacation in a few weeks, and I intend to catch up on all of those shows. <laughs> they showed the kid from Gotham in his prototype Batman suit, and it was just yeah, I like... I saw a picture of that, looking ridiculous. Oh, it was fucking terrible. He's actually wearing hockey pads. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, it was fucking terrible. Bringing but... the meme full circle. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad, but I love that show. I, lo- I just love how ridiculous they get with it on, on Gotham. But yeah, that's it. Once again, thank you guys, and we'll talk to you when we talk to you next on the Crossover Podcast. Take care, you guys. 